This is the Alan and Carly podcast. Hello and welcome to the podcast uh, for a uh, Wednesday. I have to think about that. We're going to Cocaine Bear tonight. I know. So I was umming and ahhing about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, so yesterday my friend said, are you not coming? And I was like, you know what? I think this is either going to be terrible or amazingly terrible. It's going to be terribly good. And I'm yeah, looking forward that's to what, it. It's a very Sharknado vibes, which yeah. I didn't mind Sharknado. But with a budget, with a budget. Oh, it's got a, yeah, because it's got the guy from um, Modern Family in it. Yeah, it's got Elizabeth Banks as well from um, Hunger Games and 30 Rock and everything you else You know what's crazy? In. It's based on a true story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you know the story? I, I, I loosely know the story, but you, you'll explain it better than me. It's basically um, these people were smuggling drugs into the country and they were doing it from a plane and they threw out a bunch of, like, you know, bricks of cocaine. Mm. Uh, it got discovered. And this is kind of the real story of it. This is that a bear must have found it and they found this bear dead. It had a heart attack. Which is horrible. From sad. just inhaling a lot of cocaine to the point where they cut it open inside. It had just ingested a absolute oh, brick load geez. of cocaine. Then this movie's taken the mickey saying, what would have happened when the bear was high on cocaine? So that's the fun element of it. Yeah. But that bear got stuffed and then put on display and it still is on display. Is it? Yeah. And it's Did been they... called Pablo Escobar. <laughs> <laughs> did they clean its nostrils before they I, stuffed it? I hope it? they didn't. I hope they didn't. But yeah, just ingested a whole lot of cocaine. How did did it? Do you think it did the like you know the nose thing, or did it actually eat it? A couple of nose bears. I think a couple. You know, a couple of nose oh, bears. Yeah. Like we did there. That's, That's terrible. By the yeah. way, do not indulge, people. Do not take drugs. Oh, is that the message? Yeah, that's okay. the message. Especially if you're a bear listening. Yeah, yeah. especially if Do you're I'm a bear. Do I look at you, Brew Mardi Gras? Koala bears, I'm looking at you. <laughs> oh yeah, of course, notoriously. Well, loved. they lo- they get high off that eucalyptus anyway. No, so they don't need the. They cocaine. get the natural high. But they want to be like sleepy. They don't want to be up and about. Yeah, can you imagine a koala have bear? You, you, you've heard their mating. You've talked about this on the show. I have. You don't it's want energy primal. in that. Primal. <laughs> no, you don't want that. It's that's primal. gross. Primal. Um, Alpha Bucks. What is Alpha that letter tomorrow? Jeez, that was a weird tangent. Um, tomorrow's letter is you for uniform. Okay, love it. Um, okay, I'm trying to pick the hardest. You did the question. hard one yesterday perfectly, and our listener managed to get that one right. Unfortunately, didn't win the cash. Yeah, because that could have um. That would have been terrible. Well, tomorrow is very, very, very gettable. Oh, except for this one. Okay, go. Starting with you. Yep. Name a '90s movie. My brain went straight to unicorn something. I'm going to go like, uh, I don't know, Unity. Or I, I, I don't know. Okay, what, so there's one that's got? not on here. Oh, damn. I was going to say Under the Tuscan Sun, but that was in 2003. So you yeah. can't say that, guys. Is that the one with Matthew McConaughey? Uh, no, it's oh. the one where oh, no, she moves to gold. Italy. And, and it was um, that I think everyone wanted to move uh, to Italy after seeing Diane Lane live her best life over yeah. there. It was originally a book. It. All right, what's the movie? Um, what is so you could have had Untamed Heart. Never heard of it. Or Unlawful Entry. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's a porno. Jeez, <laughs> oh! <laughs> we are ticking all what the raunchy that? boxes. What is that movie? Unlawful Entry. Unlawful Entry. Let's have a look. Unlawful. Never heard. Anyway, I say that one of those. Uh, Let's Google it because it wouldn't a... be the podcast if we. Oh, Ray Lolita's in it. Never Kurt heard. Russell. Oh, okay, heard of Kurt oh, Russell. Oh, it's a thriller. I bet it is. Um, the film involves a couple who befriend a lonely policeman only for him to develop an unrequited fixation on the wife, leading to chilling consequences. Ooh. Oh, it got generally positive reviews for Ray Lolita's um, performance. He was nominated for an MTV Movie Award for Best Villain in 93. There you go. For his portrayal of the psychopathic cop. Well, now we know. Oh, my God. It was remade into a Bollywood film in 96. This is all great stuff. <laughs> Enjoy the podcast. <laughs> Alan and Carly. 
Alan. It's been a year since I landed here in WA, and I've literally not been back over east at all. Never looking back. <laughs> oh well, that's your mum listening right now, getting upset again. <laughs> um, but in all honesty, I feel like there's been because I've moved states before. I moved from New South Wales to Queensland uh, years ago, and there wasn't much difference between the two states. Really, not, between New South Wales and not Queensland, really not in comparison to WA. I feel like there's so many unique things to WA. So. <laughs> well, West is best. Um, but I thought I would put together a bit of a cheat sheet on TikTok for people that might be moving to WA because these are things that I've completely picked up since the, I moved here a year ago. You guys have your own form of geography here. Everything that's not WA is over east. Skimpies. So essentially, it's a girl serving you a beer in a bikini. Never heard this until I moved here. If you're going down south, you're going down. Again, another word that was completely thrown until I moved here, and that is a donger. Red onions have no skins on them over here, and they are massive. And this is a rite of passage. You have to enjoy a fluffy koala at dome. If you know, you know. Did you say dunga? A donger. Yeah, yeah that, that's how you say it, not a dunger. That's a donger. <laughs> no, you said dunger. Anyway, that wasn't the point of tension in that TikTok because I didn't realise I was being so controversial when I said... Douth, going down south. What do you mean? So, so someone had said to me, oh, if you're going down south, we call it Douth. I can't even remember the person that said this to me. So immediately the comments come in thick and fast going, I've never heard of Douth. I don't know what you're talking about. So I'm questioning my judgment and going, who told me that? Is this a thing? Have I imagined this? But then some people were jumping in the comment section going, yeah, Douth. I've definitely heard of Douth. Then people are saying, I've lived here 65 years. I've never heard of this term. So 131060. Have you heard of Douth? Please help put this to bed because I am genuinely questioning my judgment on this thing. I'm going to just sit on the sidelines. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 131060, have you heard of the term Douth? Because it is literally dividing people in my comment section at the moment. I think at the moment it's like 50-50. So really? I'm, yeah. So a lot of people are saying never heard it before, lived here 65 years, never heard the term. Some people are saying, some comment, this is one of my favourite comments, was someone saying that it shows your age. If you're over 40, you don't use the term. Now, I'm not going to age shame someone, but maybe there is someone over 40 that has heard that term. Well, let's go to a song and we'll come back and douth. Here's Have douth. you heard the term douth? Maybe you use the term douth. Please help me to basically... Prove a bunch of people in the comment section wrong. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> All right, 131060 is the number. We'll take your calls right now. Carly, right now we are trying to figure out if a word is a word. Yeah, so um, I did some observations of things that I've learned since I moved here to WA because it's been exactly a year. And I feel like there's so many unique things to WA that I literally had never heard of until I moved here. And one of them is is the term douth, which means you're going down south. Now, I put this in a TikTok online and it divided a lot of people in the comments section. Some people were saying they had heard of it. Some people said they hadn't. And it got me questioning myself because someone just casually said it to me one day, like, oh, yeah, you're going down south, you're going douth. And I was like, is this a term people are using or not? So opening it up on 131060, Kurt from Bunbury, have you heard of douth? I can never say I've heard, so I've got the young one in the car. Uh, <laughs> never, never heard the word douth before. I've lived here for about 12 years. Not once have I heard it. Never heard okay, the term Okay, never douth. heard. Now I'm starting to question wow. myself. Okay, thank you, Kurt. Let's go to Lee in Bunbury. Lee, have you heard the term douth? 
Oh, yeah, I definitely have. But that was from a two-year-old who couldn't talk properly. <laughs> I, I can't burn. remember where I heard it. Maybe it was at a childcare centre. <laughs> Maybe. Thank you, Lee. Let's go to Sandy in Bunbury. Sandy, have you heard the term douth? Absolutely not. I've lived all over. I'm a born and bred WA girl. Yeah, wow. I, um, I'm 50, so it's not like I was only born yesterday. <laughs> um, and I've lived in Perth, I've lived in Mandra, I've lived in Kalgoorlie. I've lived all over, and doubt is just not a thing. Well, wow, I can't argue okay. with your experience or no, your resume. No, you, you do can't. know more than me, Sandy. Well, let's go to Andrew in Narragin, which is north of where we're referring to, I guess. So maybe Andrew has heard the term doubt. Have you, Andrew? No, mate, no, I'm uh, 30 years old, um, been living in Narragin my whole life, and I've never heard of it, mate. Wow. Yeah, wow. Is someone pranking me? Yeah, wow. Now I'm questioning drop bears in Margaret River. Yeah, no, 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 don't. (laughs) That's another chat for another day. Well, let's go to Kelly in Geraldton, much more north than you would argue the southwest, which is the Douth area, if it was going to be used. Kelly from Geraldton, have you heard of the term Douth? Yeah, I have. So, Carly, you haven't been cranked. Oh, um, thank in goodness. The surfing, in the surfing community, it's pretty common lingo, um, and it is a combination of down south. And I just wonder if it sort of evolved with um, social media and just shortcutting how to um, write it out. Yeah, because we're lazy. Well, yeah. well, well, Kelly, I'm going to yeah. agree. Maybe, maybe your surfer used the term to you. I can't Ka- even Carly is said always it. always hanging out with surfers famously. <laughs> I'm always hanging ten. <laughs> uh, Kelly, uh, you, you're spot on, like because I have heard the term "douth" prior to this. Oh, That's why okay. I sat on the fence back here, <laughs> just sitting on the bench waiting for my moment to come in. Um, it's on Urban Dictionary. It's basically it says in Western Australia this refers to the southwest region, including Margaret River, Dunsborough, and Yelling Up. Uh, it's inc- recognised for its beaches, bakeries, and good times. Uh, to use it in a sentence, heading down for the long weekend, traffic is guaranteed to be absolutely crap. I love this. And you know what? I'm going to use it all the time now. In fact, I think we should do a bit of a rebrand. The other thing is, uh, I, the other way in a sentence, I hear the waves down at the moment are meant to be wicked. Love, so love a go. wicked wave down Douth. Now, um, now I'll <laughs> tell you, Carly, my experience with the word Douth is that only schoolies say it <laughs> and teenage girls. Well, I did. I was a toolie this year. Oh, with that's leavers right. You were a toolie. Busso. You were a toolie down. <laughs> Maybe that's where I heard it. <laughs> We've got time off coming up soon-ish. Well, soon-ish. Oh, we do, yes. End of March. End of March. I know people are going, wait a second, didn't you guys just get back? Hey, you know what? Uh, we're working pretty hard what over you here, right? We're working pretty hard over here. Got a bit of sweat on. Uh, you know, the, the tools. Well, <laughs> Push you the need buttons. to turn the aircon up, do you? Yeah, I actually am a bit warm this morning, if I'm As being honest with you. we sit in our climate control yeah. conditions. Well, you know, just hard working, mate. The end of the land. Uh, anyway, we do have this time coming off, and it coincides perfectly with my uh, wedding anniversary with my oh, wife. Oh, nice. 19 years we would have been wow. together. Uh, nine of that married, 10 of it in sin. Uh, but... <laughs> 19 years in total. So, you know, you always try to do something special if you happen to luck out and get your time off mm. during your uh, wedding anniversary. The pressure's or always on. This is why I hate anniversaries. And I pitched, because last year, Jewel and I both got a bit healthier. And so I was like, hey, here's an idea. And tell me if you'd be for this. I thought that we could stay around like the Albany area and do a massive hike. No, like, you know, we still go home at the end of the day, like to the hotel or something, but do like a massive, like, 10, well, 15 kilometre, bit of mountain range kind of hike. Are you after a divorce this year? I thought it was a good idea. But it you would be are easier to me. ask for a divorce 
No, this is we, the we longest of, way. This is the you're going to literally break up over 15 kilometers. So I pitched this, and Julia didn't immediately hate it. Remember, I did the Cape to Cape with Julia before. As I know, well. and I heard about that. And uh, what? Who brought it up? Who brought that up? I so can't believe you stayed <laughs> married after what you put just, that poor woman through. So embarrassing. Someone bringing up the Cape to Cape. Yeah, I finished it. No big deal. What? Guys, let's try to tell a story. Uh, you're basically treating your wife as your pack animal. No, I carry most of the stuff. But still, like, what are you she's doing? Not don- she's not like my meal or donkey. Like, <laughs> Why can't you go do it? She'll be at the hotel with the wine and the cheese. Okay, you're assuming that my wife is lazy like you. <laughs> and there's your first mistake. Uh, so she was kind of keen for it. And it was like, okay, cool. So we're kind of looking for a place. Um, and then out of nowhere, I'm like about to book it. I'm like, oh, look, found the place. Like, let's do it. And she goes, actually... <laughs> Let's not. Oh, so I was assuming right. So she said, she's like, maybe, I don't think we're ready to do that hike. I went, are, are 15 kilometres is a lot. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, we did the Cape to I'm Cape. And she's like, what? Who brought that up? up? I'm like, Cape to Cape, who brought it up? So embarrassing, someone brought the Cape to Cape again. And, and <laughs> she's like, maybe we should do something smaller. So we have compromised, and that is the key, ladies and gentlemen, to a successful marriage. And we are going to be doing uh, accommodation near Boy Up Brook, and we'll be doing the Greenbushes Loop, which is, I don't know about and let's just say seven kilometers. No, it's about 10 that kilometers. That is the worst Round compromise trip. ever. You've gone from 15 to 10. That's not even halfway. No, but I think it's a fair compromise. So mm, I, I would have negotiated better, Julia. In no. fact, I would have negotiated that I was back at the hotel with the wine and cheese. I think she's her compromise is smart because the Greenbushes loop finishes at the Shamrock Hotel, which is like really good palmies and more importantly, beer. <laughs> but why does she have to leave the comfort of the pub in the first place? Well, maybe she won't. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a lock. It's not a certainty. Alan, today's deep dive is on the Babysitter's Club. Say hello to your friends, Babysitter's Club. Say hello to the people who care. Nothing's better than friends. Yeah, I remember this. Club. Absolutely. Well, of course you do because it was such a juggernaut at the time. So it sold over 176 million copies. So Jeez. it was published by Scholastic between 1986 and 2000. So that is peak our time. Yeah. Um, so the Babysitters Club was about a bunch of friends, if you're not familiar, from Stony Brook, Connecticut, who run a local babysitter service. There was a few interesting things I uncovered about this because the one thing that sticks out to mind when I think of the Babysitter's Club, and that is Anne M. Martin, who wrote the books. Or did she? So she actually didn't come up with the original concept of the Babysitter's Club. It was actually someone from uh, Scholastic who published it, who liked the idea of actually having books written about the Babysitter's Club. So she contacted Anne and said, hey, what do you think about this? And that's when Anne went, yeah, actually, I think I could dive in a little bit here. And she created some plots and characters and it literally took off from there. So in her time, they estimate that Anne wrote about 60 to 80 books in in fact, it got so massive, her workload, that she actually had to hire a bunch of ghost writers. Oh, wow. So she actually once in 1995 did an interview with the Washington Post and said that she was totaling over 30 books a year at the height of the popularity wow. of Babysitter's Club. And she said, I don't even think Stephen King could do this. No. So they brought on a bunch of ghost writers. One of them was uh, Peter Larangis. That kind of shook me to know that a guy was writing some of those Babysitter Club books. Mm. Um, the ones that took a real dark turn. <laughs> <laughs> 
But what was interesting about that is Anne M. Martin was still very hands-on. So she kind of basically prepared the plot line for yeah. the Ghost Riders and she was very hands-on as well. Um, you just but, do it with AI these days, wouldn't you? Well, really? ex- exactly right. Yeah. There's been so many reiterations of the Babysitter's Club over the years. TV shows, there was a graphic novel written about them as yeah. well. But what was interesting is we wouldn't have... Sex in the City if we didn't have the Babysitter's Club. Oh, I look forward to this link. <laughs> so what happened was originally when the popularity of the books were kind of at its height, they mm-hmm. started pitching a TV show to networks and all of the networks said literally at the time uh, around 1991 that there is no way that people would be interested in a show wholly and solely about a bunch of girls. That Couldn't, is agree more. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> literally what all the networks said. And anyway, so you know what Scholastic did? They ignored all of the networks yep. and went ahead and made it anyway and published it straight to VHS. Yeah. They were so successful, they literally sold over a million cassettes uh, straight away, so much so that HBO picked up the series. And then HBO learned a lesson that, hey, people do want to watch female dynamics at play on screen. So we wouldn't have some of the biggest TV shows that are female-based if we didn't have the Babysitter's Club. Because obviously Gossip Girl, Sex and the City, I mean, every other Uh, show. Travelling Pants of the Sisterhood, the lady that wrote that, which later on turned into a movie, credited the Babysitter's Club for giving her her inspiration. So a lot of our pop culture moments really stem from the Babysitter's Club. So the Babysitter's Club wrapped up in 2009. Of course, we did have uh, the Disney Channel also kind of recently make a new iteration of it as well. But in 2010, Anne M. Martin released a prequel called The Summer Before. That got a lot of people excited. And she even has left the door open for a reunion. Wow. Say hello to your friends. Babysitter's Club. Say hello to the people who care. Nothing's better than friends. Babysitter's Club. Alan and Carly. Hit breakfast with Alan and Carly, and we can't wait for Moulin Rouge the musical to come to Crown Theatre Perth strictly for a nine-week season. So make sure you get your tickets. And chatting to us right now is one of the stars of the cast, Simon Burke. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Ah, thanks for joining us in the studio. Thanks for having me. Carly's freaking out. Can I just say you saved me because it's actually my two-year wedding anniversary on the opening night, which we're heading along to. So I made my husband think that I've brought this whole extravaganza to town just to celebrate our love because Moulin Rouge is the ultimate love story. It is the ultimate love story. Truth, beauty, freedom, love. And um, we actually did, we, we brought the show over just for your well, I do appreciate you guys really organising that. <laughs> Seems like a bit of a hassle, but I'm glad that uh, you're doing it. Now, I'm a huge fan of the movie. I have not seen the musical yet. I'm so excited to see it. Uh, what is the main difference? Because I imagine you've got a lot more time to fill with a musical versus a movie, right? Absolutely. I mean, it has the whole feel of the movie. Um, that whole kind of Baz, kind of big, incredible, beautiful love story and, and big, bright characters. But of course, the movie was made in 2000. So it's 22 years since the movie was made. There's oh, been I feel 22 old. years. I know. Ooh. Can you believe it? <laughs> yep. <laughs> but there's been 22 years of music since then. So yep. back, in, back in those days, there, 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 wasn't, you know, there wasn't Pink, there wasn't Gaga, there wasn't Beyonce, there wasn't um, yeah, Adele, there oh, wasn't. Yeah. So we have 45 songs in the movie. 
And in the in the musical, they removed ten and added forty, so we have seventy five songs. That are, wow. wow, it's insane. I mean, I, I could talk about it forever. It's just the best show I've ever been in. 100%. I can totally see how this movie is going to translate to a beautiful play, and I'm surprised it hasn't been done before this actually, because even the movie had these beautiful set designs, and I've already heard a lot of buzz about what the stage looks like. It's incredible. You know, when you rehearse a show, obviously you don't rehearse on stage; you rehearse in in, in another venue. You know, on the other side of the city. And I remember the very first day that the cast walked in to our first theatre, which is the Regent Theatre in Melbourne, and saw the set. And it was like everyone kind of just, it really takes your breath away. When you walk in as an audience, it's almost like you're the audience at the Moulin Rouge in Paris. It's sort of kind of a bit of an immersive experience. The set kind of, it's not just up on stage, it kind of comes out at you. It's just one of those experiences which is just completely immersive and I reckon utterly unforgettable. You know, I mean, the show won 10 Tony Awards last year. Wow. Uh, It's fun. It's like Australia's answer to Hamilton. Yeah. I mean, you're right, Alan, because, I mean, even though the original production on Broadway was obviously Broadway creatives, Mm -hmm. it's produced by an Australian company, Global Creatures. So I believe it's the first Australian-produced musical to actually open on Broadway and and win all these awards. So it's it's kind of cool, yeah. To bring in Moulin Rouge, the musical, which started on Broadway but is an Australian production, back to Australia, makes it even more fun for us because it's it's Australia producing incredible work. We yeah, do absolutely. we produce some amazing musicals here. I know it never really had much of a chance, unfortunately, but Love Never Dies was the sequel to Phantom of the Opera and the Melbourne and Sydney version of it was incredible. Never had a chance. Like, yeah, you know, like yeah, how did it not crazy. take over the world? It was you know? yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, that was a great sequel. Yeah. yeah I'm gonna have a full great. rant about that actually. <laughs> Do you, no, your musicals, you, Alan. You, I, I, I love it. Like, have you been to Broadway and seen many musicals and whatnot? Um, I've been to Broadway quite a few times, but yeah. I actually lived in London and yeah. played on the, oh, West, the West End. End. Okay. Yeah. Oh wow! So I've done. I did Phantom on on the West End. Very and, cool. Uh, Lacage and Sound of Music and. Yeah, so I've had a had an interesting career over there. I didn't yeah. know you did Phantom. Yeah, no, I played up and played Raoul. It was a long time That's ago. Cool. Let's, let's, All right. Well, I got. I was just nerding I'll, out over there. I'm just thinking about, <laughs> I was thinking about busting up my Christine right now. Oh, there you go. Let's do I'm not bit. talking doctors, <laughs> Alan. I'm, I'm freaking out. <laughs> well, good luck with this. We can't wait to see it. Moulin Rouge, the musical coming to Crown Theatre. Make sure you check it out. Nine week season kicks off. Uh, like less what two weeks away? Not even. No, this week this we open. Sunday. We open this Sunday. Yeah, we're yep. previewing this week. We open this Sunday, so uh, get your tickets because we're here for nine weeks only. Do it. That was the Alan and Carly podcast. 